Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox. And today we have a podcast discovery call. Now, what this means and what this is, is a little insight into what I do for prospective clients that want to get to know me a little bit more and how I help them discover the root cause of their fertility issues. So thank you for those in the community that wanted to come on and share their story and get a little insight into their own journey. There's more information down in the show notes how you can be a part of this. So without further ado, here's today's special guest. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. I know it's um, a really brave thing to do. Um, Let's start with your fertility journey. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Hey, well, my fertility journey has started probably about uh, a year and a half ago. I know it doesn't really seem like that long compared to some of the fertility journeys that others are going through, but for me, it just seemed... Uh, very, very long. Um, So we started off with getting just some like basic blood work done. And at that point, our doctor had said kind of just suggested that um, things are okay. And I'm sorry, I'm not like, um, is it just like for me? Or is it also including a spouse as well? Whatever you want to, whatever you want to share. Sure. So uh, my spouse ended up having some like motility issues. So that's why we were referred to the the clinic uh, in our uh, in our city as well, yeah, for uh, a fertility clinic. So when we went into the fertility clinic, you know, we had they had kind of had suggested doing IUIs, and they just said based on me being like based on my age as well as having like you know diminished ovarian reserve, the best thing for me would be to do IUIs, and then we can kind of just go from there. And based on his like sperm numbers, his motility was at like 32%. And also like the sperm progressive or like that piece of it was also a little bit on the lower end. So we started doing IUIs. So um, the first one uh, didn't really go. And if I'm giving too much details, please let me know. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> so uh, in the first one, it didn't really end up going that great. And the his motility was at 1%. And I guess we didn't really know that. But I think he was on some sort of supplements that really impacted it. So then the next time we stopped those supplements that were given by our naturopath to help with fertility, but I think they contained some sort of testosterone or something. And we didn't know that testosterone is like a natural birth control for men. That was a bit frustrating, but um, anyways, it was a good lesson learned. And then for the, so then for the second IUI, um, I did end up getting a positive pregnancy test, but it turned into a chemical pregnancy like very soon after. And then we literally kept doing IUIs, like all together we did nine. I know that just sounds like a lot and it just sounds kind of crazy. And people like other physicians that I've talked to, they're like, why did you do so much? I'm like, well, my doctor just kept recommending them saying, okay, because throughout those, so then, you know, we had another one, nothing happened. And then the one after that, I had another pregnancy, which is like a chemical pregnancy and then nothing happened. And then the next one, I had another pregnancy, which was a chemical pregnancy. So she's like, I think the process is working, but it's just a matter of finding like a good quality egg. And she's like, oh, what's your age? It's your age. And that's why you keep having chemical pregnancies. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, not really knowing much about it at that time. And then, so we did three with just letrozole at five milligrams from day three to seven. And then um, the next, the fourth one we did like gonal F and we did uh, 200 units and that was for 
um, as well, like from um, day two onwards. And then the next one was a comp, like, and then all the other ones after that were a combination of letrozole and gonol F. So yeah, so we had like four chemical pregnancies throughout the process and they just kept being like, oh no, just, and then I'm like, can we just do some more testing? I just want to make sure. So they ended up doing a, um, I had the HCG done. I'm sorry, I forgot what the, the endo, like it's a test to check the endometrium. It's a biopsy just to make sure that, you know, there's no sort of inflammation or infection. So that all ruled out okay. They also did a DNA fragmentation on my husband and that didn't come back so good. His DNA fragmentation was at 42%. And obviously for IUIs, they like it to be at 15% as it is still as close to you know, having a natural pregnancy. So, of course, needless to say, it was just devastated, right, when I, we heard about this news. But she kept saying, okay, well, let's try a different method. Now, if you do it this way, where you could do some sort of a, um, they found, like, in recent studies, if, like, the ejaculatory period for males, uh, if it's shorter, then sometimes the DNA uh, fragmentation is a little bit better. So she said then for him to provide like you know ejaculate at home and then provide a sample so she said okay you know make sure there's no sexual intercourse just for him to ejaculate and then provide a sample after four hours in the clinic so then it's a second sample that's being used not the first one so we did that for like all the other ones after we found out about the high dna fragmentation which was three additional ones i think we were already at six by the time that they even offered to do any sort of testing for us and that was because i kept asking for it so had I have known all that before, I probably wouldn't have done all of that, but I mean, it's a journey, I guess. So once we went through and did um, those ones and did that, like we just found, and uh, sorry, I should also mention for the other ones, like his sperm count and his motility numbers, everything was showing fine. So we would, and that's why she kept saying, well, there's no issues. So everything looks fine. Like we shouldn't have to do anything else. So when we were doing the every second day, then the motility was showing lower again. And so was the sperm morphology, and then the volume was a little bit on the lower end. I mean, obviously, needless to say, if he had just ejaculated four hours prior to that. So that was kind of a little bit on the lower end, but then she kept telling me, oh, it's okay, it's a better quality sample, so it'll be good. But I just think the motility was just way too low. At that point, at one point, it was at like 22, I think. And so, yeah, obviously that didn't work either. So. Then I decided to take a break from all of this because I was like, this is too much. We've literally been doing fertility every single month, except for the months that I ended up getting a cyst and I had to go on birth control. And this happened in between, um, I think we took a month break or something. So this fast forward to like December of this past uh, 2021. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break and I'm just going to try to look at maybe IVF options and just see. And um, our reproductive endocrinologist kept telling us, you know, even for the IVF options, um, I think that you're not so good of a candidate because you have diminished ovarian reserve. So you might still only get one follicle, which is what I was getting in all the IUIs. And I think that's why she kept saying, let's keep doing them because your chances are the same if it's just the one egg, minus, of course, like my husband's um, sample, right? Like and all of that for IUI. So that was a little bit um, frustrating. So then I just thought that we would just take a break and then figure out our next steps. So we took a break um, on December 16th, I got my COVID vaccine booster. And then on December 28th, I got my period. And then after eight days, I got another period. And then after 10 days, I got another period. And then after 12 days, I got another period. So I had like five periods since the COVID vaccine. So then I reached out and my physician told me at that point, oh, this is very normal for women your age as you approach menopause, like you are going to be getting more periods. Like, can I get some lab work or an ultrasound done? No, you don't need to get it done. So anyways, I just, I had a breakdown, right? I'm like, something's not right, like obviously. And then after I realized, I think it was just because a, a temporary thing from the vaccine, like that's very common where people have been getting, you know, some sort of like, you know, issues with their menstruation cycle. So yeah, it was just really, really, really frustrating. And like, I've, I'm still working on my cycle. So I was supposed to go for IVF in February. It's now March. 
I, so February the 10th um, was my last, like, I don't even know if it was a period, but whatever you may want to call it at that point. And that was like my fifth one. So almost like every eight to 10 to 12 days, I was getting some bleeding. And then, then I haven't gotten, I still haven't gotten my period since. So now it's not coming and before it was coming, but um, I guess I have some, yeah, like I got some blood work done and it just seems like I've been working a lot on myself, like positivity, my mindset, mindfulness, doing acupuncture, you know, doing some like herbs. And I feel like that's just really been helping. So yesterday when I got some blood work done, it seems like when I got some blood work done last week, so my FSH has come down like, so that one cycle after my the vaccine, it was at 23, which is high. And now it was at nine, but I think what happened is that I, oh, actually, sorry, I also forget to mention that I ended up like the reason why all this was just so upsetting, because when I got an ultrasound down, it showed that I had zero follicles. So then I, you know, reached out to my family doctor and said, can I get some blood work done? Can I please have, you know, figure out what's going on or get an ultrasound done? So it was like zero follicles. So that was devastating again. I'm like, great, I'm in menopause, I have zero follicles, <laughs> my FSH is out the roof. It was just very, very, very frustrating. But slowly now my FSH, you know, is now at nine again. And that's kind of what I was seeing. Like it was it was at 20 something at one point, but you know, ever since then I've been working a lot on everything and I think I've been able to reduce it down under 10. I mean, which is nine might still not be the best, but it's still good for what I'm going through. So uh, based on my diminished ovarian reserve. So that was good. So yesterday when I got my blood work back, it shows that I finally, like with the progesterone, I can tell because it was higher that I finally ovulated. My FSH and my LH were a little bit more equal. My FSH had gone down to 4.95 and my estradiol went from 800 to 300. I was like, oh, finally. So I haven't ovulated since like November because that was the last month and then all this was happening. So I think my period will just come shortly now. I think it kind of just because there was zero follicles, perhaps it was just growing and catching up to that. So yeah, it's been a very, very, very stressful journey for me. And um, it's been hard. Like I've been focusing on, like I've been taking, you know, like a lot of like a, a fertility course I've been taking, I do doing so much work on like affirmations and like positivity and stretches and yoga and like, you know, mindfulness and like, you know, gratefulness and like all of this. But sometimes when just there's just so much going on, it's really, really, really hard to remain positive. So I just found that to be really stressful. So I was really happy. I feel like I'm in a better mood today when I got that because I'm like, finally, I feel like it'll just be okay. So hopefully within the next week, things kind of get better. But I've been taking like so much, you know, like my diet's changed, so many supplements, all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, that's kind of like the long version of my fertility journey. So we're looking at hopefully doing IVF um, in two months now because I'm waiting for, I need to get my period. And once I get it, I need to have like another one and then go the next month because I, I need to ensure that I have like one regular cycle before I do that. But in the meantime, I'm just focusing on myself and um, acupuncture and doing all of that. And every time I talk to a physician, he's like, well, you should have had IVF yesterday. So don't wait anymore. But I mean, this is working for me. I feel like I'm in a, my lab work is in a better position now than it was a year ago, just because of all the work that I'm doing on myself. So sorry, that was kind of a very long answer. Oh, sorry, I think you're on mute. Thanks for sharing. No, don't worry about being long. Uh, do you mind sharing your age? Yeah, I'm 42. I'll be turning 43 in June. Okay. So yeah, like once you get over 40, for some reason, the medical system just absolutely freaks the F out. Um, but as you just said, your, your test results say a completely different story. You know, your age might be going up, but your test results are reversing to a better state. So it's absolutely 100% health over age yeah. in many, many cases. Yeah. Um, Okay. I just want to say one thing as well, um, Monica, is that my AFC, when I first started all this stuff, was at like two. And right before all this stuff happened to me in my November cycle, I had six follicles as a base count just because of all this work that I've been doing on myself. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally 100% agree with that.
Okay, so a few things. Um, has your husband changed anything to help improve his sperm? Yes, like everything. So we okay. both are, since May of 2020, we both are gluten-free, dairy-free, um, no soy, no corn, no alcohol, no caffeine. That sounds like a lot. So, and just like not eating any processed foods. Like we try to eat like very, very healthy and organic when we can. And then, you know, at times for, for the items that we don't need to eat organic, then we're okay. But just trying to, yeah, he's changed that. He's also like, we've seen a naturopath. So like they have him on some sort of like a plan because she just, we got some lab work done and it just showed that, you know, we have a lot of like toxins in our body. So just working on improving those. We started that in October, but I think it's a longer process. And he takes so much vitamin C, like the liposome version, and it still shows very low. He takes so much vitamin D and it still shows very low. So I think his body's just not absorbing it. So mm -hmm. he's also going to acupuncture and he's also just started on some Chinese herbs as well. But yeah, like he's just amazing. He's willing to just change anything and everything, just whatever. I'll be like, oh, we need to do this. He'll be like, oh, okay, sure. Good. Okay. That's great news. Um... Okay, so there is now a structural issue if he's not absorbing the vitamin D and the vitamin C. Um, uh, there is too with, and I'm not an expert on this, but I just want to bring it up. A lot of the normal ranges are for white Caucasian men. So ethnic men actually need to have completely different ranges and um they absorb they can absorb things very differently to what the standard textbooks are like so that's just one thing to think of um and you when i work with a client um and they're iron levels are off or they're not absorbing something, but they are like just slamming the vitamins. We need to get to the root cause of why that is happening. And most of the time it lies within the stomach. So you can be on this perfect diet. You could be taking all the right supplements. You can be Zen Yoda, right? And your gut lining might not be up to a certain standard to absorb what it, it needs to be doing. So he's definitely on the right track, um, but probably a little bit more digging into why instead of just getting uh, prescribed or given more supplements, more Chinese herbs, more of this. It's like, that's kind of like throwing darts in the dark. And when you take a functional perspective and you are already doing a lot of the right things, that's when testing could like really just change the whole game and give you the right direction of where you're going. Um, so even though a year and a half is a long time, like I don't want to discount the journey if you look back at when you really started to change things up, it's probably a really short period of time. And it does sound like there was some you know, chronic issues there. And so it does sometimes just take a, a little bit longer to heal. And especially if you don't know exactly what you're trying to heal, if you're just like giving random things, right? Um, so that would be one step with your husband. Um, and maybe even yourself as well, is to look a little bit deeper. Now, this is probably not the news you want to hear, but I'm very open and honest with people that with everything right now, jumping into an IVF cycle in two months is probably not giving yourself the best possible scenario. So when you do IVF, you really want to try your hardest. Obviously, we can't control everything, but to be really, um, feel really confident in your body's ability. So you already seeing all these positive, um, you feel better, you're seeing positive test results better, but with this vaccine, and unfortunately what it has done to people is just, 
like give their system a little bit of a whack in the face, right? Like here's a big punch. And usually when this happens, it's because your body, um, your body has to handle everything that it's given. So whether it's a vaccine or it's, it's a, like, um, a natural occurrence, um, your body's ability to handle that is kind of a show of, of level of health. So this is why we're seeing some people react to it in a certain way and some people not. And the same thing with getting COVID naturally too, right? It's all the same. Um, and that's why no one can have a report that's going to deem everyone the same because we're all so different and our genetics are really different too. So the way you're genetically dispositioned will have an impact on how you're able to handle these things. So for me, from a functional, functional fertility standpoint, just to get your cycle back once or twice is, is not a good representation of, are you ready to, you know, hop into a full round of IVF? Um, it's really, especially when you are dealing with diminishing ovarian reserve, um, you really want to just go into that procedure like super confident. And so really have, use your mental and emotional work that, be, that you've been doing. Um, I suggest like just Googling um, a meditation for making big decisions. So you, someone will guide you through this big decision that you need to make. And what you do is you listen to your body. Your body will physically tell you whether or not this is a good decision to go into. So taking the time, slowing down. When I work with my older clients, I always remind them they're already 40. Nothing dramatic is going to change from 42 to 43 to 44. If you were all of a sudden going to turn 50, then we would start being like, okay, time is a little bit precious right now. But I don't know why society literally just ramps up like you should have done IVF two years ago because you're, well, no, like if we give ourselves that time, we're actually gaining time back because we're healing our body and we're giving our body the best opportunity to go into these big medical treatments. Um, so even if you took three months, four months before doing a round of IVF, you can really make a difference to the outcome. Um, because I do feel it does sound like the vaccine just kind of just whacked you off your progress just a little bit, right? Um, so that that's what I would really kind of hone in and try to focus on for yourself and make that decision for yourself. Um, also, with the stress of the past year and a half, you've like literally got doubled whammy, right? You're dealing with infertility and COVID. <laughs> so even just giving yourself a break of like two months where you literally do not think of anything fertility related, and hopefully COVID is is calming down and we don't have to overthink that as well and use the practices that you're already putting into place and just bring that joy and that life back into you and so when you move forward you're just better able to make decisions to handle outcomes because I think a lot of the time us women um, really put up this armor right we've got it we're we're strong enough we're just going to get through it and keep going and you know nine IUIs within a year and a half is a lot it's a lot for your body the drugs that you're using um, it's not a lot of time in between to detox and heal especially with chemical pregnancies, you know, like a lot of people just put them like a little bit to the side. It's like, no, your body was starting that process. 
So when we're jumping, you know, into these medical treatments, we are actually, I believe, stealing time from ourselves because our body is just still in this like fight or flight mode. You're just going, going, keep going, keep going. Where when we're dealing with fertility issues, we need a time of rest, recovery, and healing. And remember, um, it takes three months for an egg to mature. So you want to start really counting that time from when you feel confident about your body's ability, right? So your body is now just trying to work its magic to get your periods back, your basic hormonal status. So if it's struggling to do that, then it's not really giving a lot of good things to your ovaries. And especially, let's just say the case is you do have a big issue with your egg, how many eggs you have, you really want to focus on that quality. So getting yourself to a certain standard, then your body then has enough ability to give it to your eggs. Because remember, it's all about cellular health and your eggs are one of the largest cells in your body. So it's really getting you performing well first and then the egg quality. And so when you jump into IVF, it's not going to help your egg quality, right? You can't do anything for that. It's literally going to grab whatever eggs that you're able to produce, match it with the sperm, and then give it back to your body. And so if we're not tackling the root cause of why you were having those chemical pregnancies, which it does sound, obviously, the um, the sperm was a big issue. Um, and maybe before, until you started changing your diet and lifestyle, the egg quality might've not been as great, but it definitely seems like you guys are moving forward. You're going, you're going, but jumping into something else just to save that time, because someone's telling you you're too old is, is not always the best decision. Um, so it's really important just to follow that intuition, you know, really take that time to go, do I feel time? Do I feel that? Does that, is that really real what they're saying? Do I resonate with that? Or do I feel deeply passionate about just improving my health? And when I get to a certain level, then use the medical assistance because it might be needed, you know, like a lot of cases do. And I, I don't, have any judgment on people in their 40s who are like I don't want to wait around anymore <laughs> like you know like it's enough I'm, I'm done I'm ready to be a parent and that's the one thing IVF can give you is time because it obviously can collect a year's worth of eggs you know hopefully in one in one go um so that's what I would do from hearing your story, I would dig a little bit deeper. And um, have you done a gut health test, either of you with your practitioner you're working with? Yeah, we are. Like for him, like gut health came up a lot. So like they just said that there was a lot of environmental toxins and um, so glyphosate, which yeah. was like very severely high. And for me, and that's like the promoting the lining. And for me, BPA came really high, which is so interesting because like we don't have any glass in this house. We don't, I don't even use makeup anymore that has chemicals, but it might've just been in there from before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the glyphosate is so hard. We, I just did a, a few podcasts with a few different practitioners about how glyphosate just sneaks in everywhere, you know, into our water system. It's in the ground. It's just a really, really hard thing. You can be really pretty good with everything you're doing and still have levels. So I would say most people are walking around full of glyphosate and BPA. Yeah. is a big one too. Um, but it sounds like you're controlling what you can. And it sounds like you have someone who's helping you detox that out. Um, is there any other concerns from like a like your common or normal health issues that maybe you don't feel like anyone's taking seriously or 
Um, no, like I feel like the naturopath is doing, you know, a good job. She's also like in functional medicine, but, and I know I understand because she just said, oh, this process takes a lot of time, but like, it just feels like, you know, even though we started in October, we've just done some recent lab work. Like there hasn't been any changes like for him at all. Mm-hmm. Lab work is like a little bit different. So I don't know, like he's just, and he always like has a lot of constipation issues, um, VOC, I don't know what that is, but she's saying that that's very high, like it supports the detoxification, promotes like normal microbiome health. So that's low. The vitamin C is not absorbing. And then the DNA fragmentation, <coughs> excuse me, is like very high. And so I don't know how, like even his homeostasis level is coming up very low. Yeah, so even with all the changes. Well, there's, um, there's definitely... Oh, I think there's a lot of reverberation. Is that? No, that's better. Um, There's definitely a root cause of what's going on then. So I'm assuming the gut health test checked for bugs. They check for parasites. Yeah, he's actually on a parasitic cleanse right now. They, I okay. think, I don't know if it was identified. So he's taking like para one and four, like it just says, like for pathogen and toxins, and then another one for parasites as well to, and to strengthen the immune system. So he's okay. just doing that right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so it sounds like he's on the right path. He just kind of has to keep going. Um, Once the parasite cleanse is done, that should greatly improve his gut health um, and deal with the constipation and, um, and will then be able to make better sperm. So that's for men, it's about three months too. So you really want to start the timeline for him when he's feeling 80 to 90% better. Because then from that line, it then can produce better sperm. So even rushing with, not rushing with the IVF, but thinking you do the IVF when he's not close to, um, and with the sperm with IVF, it's a little bit tricky. I mean, well, they don't, unless you're doing, um, ISIC, the IC that where they inject the sperm. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, they'll, they'll pick the best sperm anyways. So that's like an advantage with the sperm and IVF. Um, so it's really, yeah. Focusing in because they can't, they can only collect what eggs they can collect and they can't tell the quality of the eggs until they start forming embryos. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like I'm not, so do you have any suggestions on like what, you know, cause we've gotten those gut tests done and all of that sort of stuff. So, and I know we're on this like protocol, but I'm not really sure like what else everybody, every time I talk to people, they're like, well, you're doing everything and more. So just don't worry. But then I still <laughs> feel like I could be doing maybe something differently. Yeah. Um, I would say they're probably right. You keep on this path with who you chosen to work with and just, um, you kind of have to let, give it time, let everything heal. Um, the things that you can control right now is your mental and emotional health. So, um, a big part of what I do is really get people to be quite honest about their past, about any, um, trauma or long-term mental, emotional health that they've been through um, that really got them to where they are, right? The fertility issues really start maybe five, 10 years before you even know that you have fertility issues. You know, it's not a case of, you know, um, for most people, you're born and then that's it. You're going to have fertility issues. It's diet, it's lifestyle, it's all those things. So looking at your past and really connecting with that and saying, okay, how did I become type A? Why am I such a worrier? Why do I feel like I always have to be achieving? Why are these things like just consuming my life? And most of the time, there is some point in their past that something got triggered and the love and the worthiness just wasn't there. And so you started doing these people pleasing and being on all the go and stuff. 
So that's something right now that you can be diving into. Um, to I know it's like counterproductive, but when you're type A, feel like you're doing something. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I'm like the worst for that. I always need to do something. And I know people are like, well, just don't focus on for fertility. But by doing meditation, that is part of my fertility journey because I didn't do that before. I have to still go to acupuncture. I have to, it's kind of, it's so hard because you're trying to still... I'm still reminded of it. I haven't really been doing like a lot of research and all of that, which is great because I was, I think, going a little bit crazy doing that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like probably, I'm, I'm a very, 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 very crazy type A personality person. <laughs> okay, so that's where you can go. Like you need to figure out why, because the constant going and the constant doing is affecting your adrenals will, and that affects your, you know, your hormones, it, all the stress that you, because you're a type A person and it's hard for you to re re relax and and that is impacting the fertility. So the best place to go if you're open and willing to is looking at your past and where do I need to shift things? Where because it's all subconscious mind, right? So where can I dig into my subconscious to start redirecting? that so I could just sit on the couch and read a non you know a book that has nothing to do with mental health or <laughs> or fertility health or anything like that I just read for fun or I'm able to do the things I used to love doing before I got wrapped up into this and not feeling guilty um, about I'm I'm not being productive in the way society wants me to be productive um, and really slowing down. And that is one of the biggest challenges for women who are always on the go. It took me a really long time and I still struggled to this day with it. Um, so that's where you can really focus your energy and just trust that you're on the right diet. You have the support with the gut health. Um, and now it's really about controlling what you can. And that's your mental and emotional thoughts, which I think is one of the hardest things, right? Diet can kind of really be easy, but sitting with yourself and getting real with yourself is the hardest part. And you're not alone in being type A. I would say 90% of the fertility issue community is that way. And that is a big part of why we're dealing with fertility issues. Um, so yeah, um, go with that. So you've got your meditation practice, you've got your yoga, you got your acupuncture, but maybe digging a little bit deeper into why you feel you need those in the first place, right? <laughs> why do you need those relaxing, calming things? If those things got taken away from you right now, would your anxiety and your type A go straight up again? You know, I think probably, right? Because you know, been getting that help for like a quality for acupuncture. Yes. But yeah, I think it's something to think about, you know, and just try to find ways to stay calm, but sometimes that's challenging for me. Yeah. That's going to be your biggest thing because as much as you do these for a quality, it's all the other things in your body, your adrenals, your thyroid, your gut health, your hormone levels that are affecting the a quality. So you actually need to be doing them for the other parts of your body to have good A quality. So if you have an adrenal function that you're in adrenal fatigue, if you have leaky gut, if you um, have thyroid issues, if you're maxed out and your pituitary gland is all over the place, it just can't give the eggs what it needs. And so that's why we shift the focus away from fertility and start focusing on the other things. So like I had a client um, dealing with secondary infertility and it literally, she was just stressing herself out. She had the diet, she was on the right supplementation. She didn't have any gut issues and she just couldn't get pregnant even with the assistance of IUI. And she had to learn to just calm down. And it's hard for sure. But there's plenty of resources out there. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, within the fertility formula, my one to one coaching, that's all there. But my blog has loads of tips and tricks. I mean, even I know you're on the email list, but there's a new free PDF uh, downloadable um, guide that has 
you know, lots of really direct places where to go and things, but it's really finding about like what, what's going to connect with you, right? I can sit here and say, go do yoga. Maybe you don't like yoga. Maybe it's not your cup of tea. You know, maybe it's a walking meditation, um, you know, finding the right meditating guide for you, finding the right music for you, journaling. Maybe right now it's literally just going out and roller skating, right? <laughs> like um, I love getting on my skateboard. I love getting on my snowboard. So like those things are like mental meditation for me. Some people love sewing, crafting, cooking, you know, whatever it is. Meditation doesn't necessarily have to be sitting on a mat or being in a yoga studio or getting acupuncture. It's your vibe. So like find what brings that elevated up, you know, blasting rap music and shaking your booty, you know, like whatever it is, it, it could be so crazy out, but whatever that joy brings to you and that's what all yoga acupuncture reflexology those are that's what it does it stimulates your circulation and brings your vibration up and brings your joy up so it's a very supportive um practices but if you're not consistently doing that it's kind of a waste of money because a one to week session isn't isn't going to really fix much if you're always in a constant state of worry and anxiety and going and doing, right? You really got to bring those levels dramatically down on a daily basis. You don't have to be perfect, but it's got to be more consistent because I know that I used, especially reflexology, a little bit too much like a Band-Aid. I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do to really slow down and really connect with myself and so does that make sense yeah that does so just um yeah like so I just have a question in your one-on-one -on -one, like coaching sessions that you have do you kind of are those just to focus on all of that stuff or do you kind of just like if I were to send like the lab reports for you to take a look at those like are we able to do like checking just to see if there's everything's kind of good based on that and then continue on that I really like the idea of doing that piece I think I would really like to add in that additional coaching support to help yeah. me. yeah yeah so I offer two different um things so if you want labs ran or for me to review them to bring them all together that's definitely one aspect of it and then the other aspect is I'm literally like you're best friend who's going to tell you the truth <laughs> and yeah. really just like this meeting these are what the discovery calls are all about is really just hone in on those areas that maybe your natural path just hasn't had time to have a discussion about I mean sometimes we just talk about how our moms were bitches or like how you know our school life affected us you know like finding those ways and bringing in those modalities to really you know, get you at your level. So yeah, so it's both like, um, the coaching is really involved in all areas, the mental and emotional, um, the physical, the gut health, the diet. And a lot of the times, you know, 99% of my one-to-ones are like yourself. They're super highly educated. They are working with naturopathic doctors. They are doing all the right things. Um, and I don't want to toot my own horn here, but it's just because I've been through it and you can't buy that experience and no one should have to buy that experience, but a lot of people that specialize in fertility, if they haven't been through that journey, it just gives you a different lens because they don't know that mental and emotional stress part of it. And yeah. because I've been on my own journey with my mental, emotional health, finding my traumas, finding my triggers and all those things. And I'm seeing now a lot is that um, it's kind of the last thing people want to do, right? They want to tackle their diet. They, they want to do the supplementation. They'll even do the gut health testing. And then it's like, okay, let's, let's get deep. And they're like, what? <laughs> and it is, it's, it's, it's an emotional thing, but um, I think it's really vital. And that's why mindset um, is just so key to this journey because yeah, like I say, you can be doing 
everything right physically, but if you're still mentally and emotionally stressed out to the max, it's it kind of counteracts everything you're physically doing. And I think that what you're describing is, is exactly me, right? Just like as soon as I got the ultrasound results back and they just said, well, you have zero follicles. It's like everything just went down the drain, everything that I've been trying hard to do and all of that. Because I just think, and it's not that it's forced. I want to do all of this stuff, but I don't think like, I, I don't know if I can fully say I'm like believing in it. I do it as an activity, <laughs> but I don't believe in it, but it's not changing me. Right. So I do this meditation every day, but I still have anxiety. I'm doing this, but I still feel this way. I'm still so I just I, I think like working with a coach to kind of figure out, okay, but I'm doing all of this stuff, but then what exactly what you're saying, well, why why isn't it working? Like what are some of those, like what are some other gaps that might that perhaps haven't been addressed? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And even from like a physical lens, like I'm not sure if I know a lot of these like for instance, like from my husband, like, you know when they had stated like he has like signs of inflammation so he has like lower DHEA which sometimes could be like inflammation but we don't really have anything in our protocol that's specifically working on that so there's a, a lot of physical things like there's like obviously his detoxification capacity is low um he had like early signs of like blood sugar imbalance like adrenal stress like you know there's estrogen dominance there was like you know all those nutrients that he was low in like vitamin d protein magnesium zinc and b12 which are all so critical for fertility so i think that even within that i don't know if all that stuff is just even focusing on that but i just feel like a lot maybe being missed that we could perhaps have an opportunity and especially I'm okay with waiting, like, and just doing it from, like, because I guess that's only another month. If we were going to do May and if we waited till, like, June, um, I'd like to not go to July, but as soon as I get married, and if we can use that as our three-month marker point, that would be, it just makes me so nervous, and I know what you're saying, but it's just, like, every single time, it's, like, I just get so nervous about it when they're just like, oh, you should have had it yesterday. You're too old. It's not going to work or when you're over and, you know, can I turn 43, and then, so it's, like, I just want to do it at least once before I turned 43 so that I could just in my mind feel like okay it was just in a different because after they're 43 then you're in a different age category it's like 40 to 42 and then there's 43 to 45 I don't know I think it's just psychological perhaps massively um, psychological it's literally something that they invented right and a lot of the time the, the women that are going in for these procedures are not using holistic su support so they're putting you in the barrel of people who are actually really sick and who are really, their chances are going to go down because they're not trying to tackle it in a holistic way. So that's all their, um, their research. That's all their numbers are on people who are actually sick, right? Like not many people even now are doing holistic things to change things up. Now, is that slowly changing and our results getting better with IVF? Absolutely. And if any IVF clinic has not caught on to the holistic aspect of it, they're crazy because they could literally improve their numbers by 30% by just making, having a dietitian, you know, a mental and emotional coach, getting them on reflexology and all those things and say, we have a three, a three month protocol. And this is what you have to do before we do IVF. Their stats will go through the roof. Um, so you got to take yourself out of that barrel. You're not in, you're not that woman anymore. You're, you're, very, very different to a lot of those women. So you got to keep reminding yourself that. And your age is literally a number on a piece of paper right now. You know, we're not talking about your 50s. We're not talking about your 60s. Um, so that's something definitely to work on for yourself. And there's, um, it, anyone could Google it. It's called judge your neighbor's worksheet. And I get, um, women to fill it in with their age. <laughs> and it's basically having like, um, a conversation about how your age is, um, is not the enemy and that it's a, it's a lie that it's your age that's causing these issues. Okay. Is it a factor? It might be a factor, but it's not the only factor. So, so yeah, but, um, I think you are on the right track. 
I think that if you just take some time, give yourself some meditation time about these big decisions, that your body will tell you where to go. And, um, you know, your, your process through the rest of your journey will just be a little bit less stressful. Because remember, all these failed attempts, you are not going to be behaving, living that way anymore. Right. So I have a one to one client right now. She's been trying for eight years, never got pregnant. And she's told me her backstory. I said, well, guess what? This is year one of you trying to conceive. Because everything that you were doing before was not serving your highest purpose. And now you're doing all these things. So just put on the clock one year, year one. And you'll see that you'll have a much easier time moving forward. And that's what people need to think we need to get out of the, oh, well, I've been trying this long. It's like, no, mark your calendar from when you decided that you were going to be empowered and start changing your situation. That's how long you've been actually trying. Because our diet, we've been trying for a while, but I think we've even been trying all this meditation stuff. But as I'm telling you, I just don't feel like it's working. Mm-hmm. For Nothing's not working. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. You know, a lot of gurus out there, want to just like tell you put some meditation in and it will change your life and it's like yeah you know but it's like running a marathon you have to train and you have to be consistent and you have to find the right things that you're connecting with and that's a lot of trial and error sometimes um and then once you feel like once you walk away from that first meditation or whatever it is and you you feel it through your body the joy you're like okay I get this now. And now, now I find, I found my thing and it will change. You'll grow out of things and then you'll start trying new things. So, um, so yeah, well, I hope you got a lot of good, um, paths to go down from this discussion. Thank you once again for, um, joining me and sharing your story. I hope our listeners really, um, have benefited from it too. And my fingers are crossed for you. Keep in touch. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.